I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine being the most powerful empire 
in your world. You are in charge of it. You are the uh, you are a god king in this empire. You look around and wow. You can do whatever you want. Whatever you want. There are no peoples that you know of who can defeat you. You are, well, all-powerful. And then a few shortly, for, short years later, you are gone from the world. Your entire civilization has disappeared and you are dead. You don't have to imagine this. This happened, one of the wildest, just wildest historical events ever. We have talked about it before. We will talk about it again. We have a sweet show today. We have two pilots who drew something they should not have drawn in the sky, which is hilarious. We have cops Arresting people for violating curfew, cops slapping cuffs on a man in front of his son because his son wasn't wearing a mask in Costco. We have, well, Chinese influence, Chinese news. We have it is all over the place. But first, let us tell the brief story, as brief as I can make this story, which could be long, of Hernan Cortez and Montezuma II. Let's start with Cortez. Cortez, born in Spain, born in actually Medellin, Spain. Yes, just like the Colombia Medellin. Born in Medellin, Spain. Dad was an army captain. Cortez was a talented but restless soul. You ever known people like that? Maybe you are somebody like that. A talented but restless soul. When I say restless, he had opportunities. He had a brief stint in law school. Could have done really what he wanted in Spain. But, and I do say but, He loved Christopher Columbus. And remember, this is the era of Christopher Columbus. This is the era where Christopher Columbus was an international superstar. Absolute superstar. That's the truth. The truth is also this. Christopher Columbus was not a capable human being when it comes to managing things. He wasn't. He was terrible at it. And I'm not one of these anti-Columbus people. I love Columbus. But all the other, look, the slaughtering of the Indians and things like that aside, Columbus was just a terrible manager of things. Cortez looked at that too and thought, I can be that. I can be even better. I can be even better than that. So that's Cortez. Ends up striking out on his own, going over to what was then still the very new world, you know, the West Indies, the Caribbean. 
and decides he wants to go do some exploring of his own. And we need to understand this. We need to understand it well. All of North America at this point, really, virtually all of it was unexplored. Think about that. Think of a map of the Western Hemisphere, North North America, South America. I mean, think about all that. It's all obviously inhabited by various Indian tribes, but unexplored. You've had guys pop into the shore here, pop into the shore there, northern part of South America. But this is this is a huge thing to bite off, and it's appealing to many, many young, adventurous young men. They're starting to get word back that uh, this place is massive. They don't even know how massive it is right now, but this place is huge. And we've got to figure out what's here and what to claim. What to claim. So, and when I say restless young man, understand that Cortez is one of those guys who was always in trouble. At one point, he got a severe injury falling out of a mistress's window that he was climbing out. He's just that kind of guy, always in trouble. So he cruises over to America. Now let's pause there and let's go over to the Aztecs. The Aztecs, they started out as essentially hired mercenaries. That was really what their culture was. They were really good at fighting. They valued fighting. They had these huge clubs with uh, obsidian in them. Sharp, sharp, sharp lava rock. The Spanish even talked about how great these things were. And they were really good warriors. And they came up through the ranks like that. Now let's address the human sacrifice portion of this story because it features big, it's horrendous, and we're going to talk about it a bit more today. The Aztecs slaughtered people by the thousand at the height of their power. Because it was for their gods. However, if I'm being fair to a culture I do not care for, especially because of what they did to children, we'll get get to that in a few. If we're being fair to a culture I don't care for, we should address the fact human sacrifice, the Mayans and others, was not the exception in this part of the world at this time. It was more the rule. Everybody did some of it. The Aztecs just happened to think, well, we can up we can we can certainly take that up a notch. Now can't we? So there's a story about the Aztecs as they come on up through the ranks. And when I say come up through the ranks, what happened with them is what has happened so Many times throughout history, I'm amazed other civilizations don't realize this by now and stop doing it. You have this people, and they're really, really, really good at fighting in war. And you don't really want to do all that fighting in war. So what we'll do is we'll just hire them to fight our wars for us. Well, what always happens, how many stories have I told you like this? The people who are great at fighting war look around one day and think, well, Tell me what exactly is stopping us from running everything. We're the ones who fight wars. We win wars. So they start really getting a foothold in, in, you know, Mexico, in this area, start really getting a foothold. And they're coming up through the ranks. And now we're going to tell my favorite historical story of all time. It's right up there with Andrew Jackson 
allowing himself to get shot during a duel. You remember that, Chris? That's still the greatest thing ever. Andrew Jackson gets his honor challenged by the guy who was the best dueler around. I believe, I forget the guy's name, I believe the guy had won 26 duels by this point. The guy doesn't lose, the guy doesn't miss. You get in a duel with this guy, you're going to die. Well, Andrew Jackson doesn't really care about that. We'll just find out, we'll just have to find a way to win. So Jackson puts on an extra big coat and allows himself to get shot in the chest first because he knows he can't win anyway and then kills the guy. Even that story is secondary to my favorite one. Hang on. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. Natural medicines and holistic healing approaches are known to help alleviate issues like anxiety, headaches, joint pain, and more. I choose natural medicines as often as I can. It's not as if I never use regular pharmacy stuff, but man, Think about all the chemicals, all the man-made chemicals you put in your body. I put in my body. That's why when it comes to things like this, I choose CBD. And I realize it's hard to find the right CBD out there because there are so many of them. Well, Doctors Trusted CBD Company, what they did was they went out and they researched the entire industry, the entire industry, to find the best Highest quality CBD, and that's what you find at DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you free shipping and 10% off. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. The Aztecs are moving on up in the world, and they decide, well, it's alliance time, right? It's alliance time. There's this other powerful civilization here. Let's link up with them. And this other powerful civilization is looking at the Aztecs like, oh, yeah, we need to get together. And the king of this other powerful civilization says, I'll tell you what we'll, what we'll do. I have a daughter smoking hot. We're going to give her to you. In marriage, then we can, you know, it'll link us up. Then we'll be linked like that. And the Aztecs are thinking, oh, absolutely. Give us your daughter. That is a great, great plan. Powerful king sends his daughter over to the Aztecs who promptly sacrifice her. Now, I'm not defending them, but I do have to clarify in their minds they were essentially making her an angel, a god. They were they were helping her out. I'm not sure she saw it that way as they were carving out her living heart with a knife, but they kill her immediately. And then, and I apologize, but this is the way it is. They skin her 
The opposing king who sent his daughter to them then arranges a big banquet with the Aztecs who sit down with the king and one of the Aztec priests shows up at the banquet wearing the king's daughter's skin around. Obviously, the king freaks out and kicks the Aztecs out. And the best part of the story is the Aztecs were completely lost what his problem was. What in the... I don't have any idea why he's so upset. Sorry for helping. <laughs> but when I say these people loved human sacrifice, they did. And they rose through the ranks. And I'm, I'm jumping over a bunch of the story. And they're... Well... They've taken over. Cortez gets over there and starts moving up through the ranks in the new world himself. And Cortez is, he's a mover and a shaker in society. Marrying this person, getting to know this person, gets permission from the governor over there to take an expedition to Mexico. He understands there have been people who've popped in over there. There are tribes over there, many of them hostile tribes. But Cortez wants to go settle Mexico. And all this go settle places is always two different things, especially in this in this day and age, although it's probably the same today. It's, it's always a quest for money, gold, resources. It's always a quest for money, and it's always a quest to spread Catholicism, to, to talk to people, about the gospel of Jesus. And when I say talk to people, give them a choice whether or not they want to die or become a Christian. And the depending on who you listen to, people will try to sell you both of those points as the only reason men did these things. And neither of those things are fair because oftentimes there were both reasons or this man only wanted gold or this man really did want to just tell people about Jesus. And then you have this man who wants to tell people about Jesus and get some gold along the way. And we have their diaries. This is not ancient times of stone tablets. We have their diaries. This is what they believed. They wanted to go as young men do, experience danger, experience adventure. They wanted to go tell people about Jesus, and they wanted to get rich. And when you're selling that, because I've had people ask me this before when you're talking about going into Mexico and the things that will happen there. I remember, some of these guys who take off with Cortez on this expedition will end up being laid down naked on a on top of an Aztec pyramid and having their hearts carved out of their chests while they were alive. This will end as ugly as ugly gets for some of these guys. And people, especially older men who forget what it was like to be younger, and women don't understand sometimes why young men agree to do these things. And I'll tell you, I don't know. That's how God made us. I was the same way myself. 19, wanted some adventure, wanted to grow up a little bit. I think I'll join the United States Marine Corps. And my parents were horrified. They're like, what? You did what now? 
And so when you're Cortez and you're recruiting people for the trip you've been permission you've been given permission to go on, it's not hard to find 600 dudes, which he did, to cruise along with you. 611, I believe, is the exact number. Remember, we have BK coming up. Third hour, we have BK. We also <laughs> we have Rebecca Heinrichs coming up. And yes, we are going to discuss the potential Biden foreign policy if he does pull this out, which is looking more and more likely. And we're going to discuss some Thanksgiving food with her. We're going to talk about how you and I are supposed to feel about cops going forward. Cops is a general thing, right? I mean, they're all different, right? They're all different. How should we feel about cops going forward? Anyway, back to the Cortez story. He gathers up these dudes, gathers up 11 ships, gets permission, and gets ready to take off for Mexico. But we have to tell this part of the story to understand other parts of it. The governor, who's getting told by several of Cortez's enemies that Cortez is a bad dude, which he may have been a bad dude, You have to stop this. You have to stop this. The governor tries to withdraw permission to go. And when I say try, I mean he had given permission. And then the guy who was carrying the letter to withdraw permission was on the way to tell Cortez about this. You know, accidents happened. That guy ended up lying dead in a ditch with some knife wounds inside of him. (laughs) Hey, A mugging a day, right? Total coincidence. Cortez takes off with permission, but really without permission. Takes off before he's officially had his permission revoked. This is well known to the men on his ship. Ships, plural. Cortez takes off, hits Mexico, and immediately begins acquainting himself With the local tribes. Now, he's not dealing with the Aztecs yet. I need to be clear about this. He's hearing about the Aztecs from other people, from other tribes. He's not seeing them really yet. He's dealing with people like the Mayans and others. He is not getting the warmest of welcomes most places. And Cortez was not exactly shy. And, I mean, the boldness of this. Think about this. He would walk into these tribes, massive tribes, and he would simply say, by the way, all those gods you worship, all those are hot garbage. You can only worship God now, the one true God. Oh, and I should also mention you're now a subject of the king of Spain. Congratulations. That's how it is now. And I don't mean asking permission. They would walk in and simply hold up a piece of paper and declare, congrats, you're all subjects of Spain. The boldness of that is startling. And there were fights. I'm, br- I'm, I'm really jumping over huge parts of this story, but huge fights. These tribes would try to get along, give them a little gold. Hey, uh, there's more gold, but it's really far away. Anyway, here's some gold. Have a good one. You'd have tribes giving their own women over as slaves for the Spaniards who happily accepted them. It was ugly many times. And it was about to get even uglier. 
You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Cortez begins to conquer his way through Mexico, but it's not all hostile. And it's not all hostile for a reason. You see, these people may not be thrilled about the Spanish, but there are two huge factors at play here. One, the Spanish are really, 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 really good at war at this period in time. Now, modern day, not so much. Got a chance to work with a couple Spanish troops in Iraq. Whew, that was not impressive. However, at this time, Spain had been fighting huge wars with Italy. They'd been fighting wars to run the Muslims out of the Iberian Peninsula, which they had just done. Spain was an experienced strong, rich fighting force. So when Spain shows up in Mexico, they're not just there to colonize the place. Many of these guys are warriors. And even the guys who aren't warriors know how to fight. They have armor protecting them against these shields. They have firearms. Indians have never seen these before. They have horses. The Indians had never seen these before, and they were terrified by them. They had war dogs trained to eat people, and the Indians were really scared about that. The Spanish had all these advantages, so they were force multipliers. He would take his five, six hundred men and take on a force of three, four, five thousand and win routinely. And they would get hurt, and there there were men who would die, but they would win these battles. So one... A lot of the Indians were going along with it because the Spanish were really tough. But two, a lot of the Indians were going along with it because the Aztecs were absolutely horrible. You see, we talked about how the Aztecs had taken over. Understand the human sacrifice thing when it comes to the Aztecs. We need that every single day. Day. Every single day for the sun to come up, the Aztecs thought people had to die. And that's not even counting special occasions, crop coming in, 
And it went well beyond, and this is going to be a little rough, so kids, cover your ears. You know I make it as nice as I possibly can. They would, and this is why I hate this culture so much, they would routinely sacrifice children. And more than just sacrificing them, as if that isn't bad enough, they would pull out their fingernails and things like that before they died because they believed their tears were nourishment for the gods. Make them cry and kill them. I mean evil, deeply evil. And the people around them, the other tribes around them, the Aztecs looked at these tribes like a human sacrifice grocery store, and I am not even oversimplifying that. One tribe, they kept entirely within their kingdom, inside their fortresses, just so they could go down and pluck a few whenever they wanted to carve somebody's heart out. Hey, we're here. Just going to take him, him, and her. Thanks. Oh, oh, by the way, I need your son, too. All of a sudden, these Spaniards show up, and yeah, they're not great. Clearly, they're a different lot. Skin is awfully pale, ride these big scary horses, war dogs. But they ain't sacrificing our people. They may enslave a few. They ain't sacrificing our people. The Aztecs, they didn't rule well. And therefore, Cortez, who was a masterful politician, he did not have to look hard or negotiate hard to have tribes come on over to his side and say, wait a minute, you're fighting the Aztecs? Okay, we're in. And soon... Cortez's 600 men turns into 20, 30,000 men. But let's pause for a brief moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to wrap this thing up here shortly because we have so much to get to today. And it's our last show until next Monday. BK is going to be here giving fresh shows every day, though. Don't worry about that. But understand this about Cortez's men. He was constantly having to wrestle with his own men as well. It was. His own men didn't want to do illegal things they hadn't been given permission to do. You see, his men knew the governor didn't want him to have permission either. His men were worried about hanging, getting ritually strangled. And his men were starting to get very, very concerned, understandably, because this expedition had no business being successful. His men were starting to get very concerned about dying here. They're struggling with disease in the jungle. Remember, I'm going to tell my Giardia story later on today, one of the two parasites I've had. Hang on for that story. His men are struggling with disease. It's hot. Remember, mosquitoes. The Indians are hostile. They're in a completely unfamiliar place. Uh, I'd like to go back to Cuba where I got my girlfriend and I got uh, three square meals a day. Instead, they're humping through the jungle out here. Not pleasant at all. Cortez realizing this in one of the all-time boss moves, Cortez sinks his own ships to the bottom of the ocean as a way to tell his men, oh, there's no going back. You thought, there were, you thought we were going back? No, 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 no. 
Either we win or we die. That's all in right there. Cortez continues towards Tenochtitlan. Now, let me clarify how to say this. It's Tenochtitlan. That is the name of the Aztec capital. If you're looking for it today, you can't find it because once Cortez is done with it, they built Mexico City on top of it because Cortez essentially raised the city to the ground. If I had to see one ancient city, this would honestly probably be it. Cortez and all the Spaniards echoed this, said said this city was more breathtaking than anything in Europe, than anything they'd ever seen. The Aztecs may have been a barbaric human sacrificing society. They were fantastic engineers. They were very clean people. They bathed more than once a day. And the city itself was built, get this, on a lake. I don't mean on the shore. I mean on a lake. They built the city in the lake with bridges that were retractable, canals. They had floating gardens to grow their food. It was supposed to be stunning. Paved roads. Not paved is a strong way to put it, but stone roads. Huge pyramids if you ignore all the blood spatter on them. It was supposed to be an amazing place. And the Aztecs start to get word about this guy who came from the ocean and he's conquering Mexico. And the Aztecs are struggling against a couple different things. This guy seems to be hostile. We're hearing reports. He's conquering people. He's making people do things. And we're the ones in charge. So that's not good. At the same time, there's a religious issue going on with the Aztecs and Cortez, and this was huge. You see the Aztecs, and I'm not an expert on Aztec religion, so I'm not getting too deep into it, but the Aztecs had one of their gods, one of their main gods, who they believed had pale skin, who they believed had left across the ocean who they believed one day would come back from the ocean. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or my karaoke enemy Jeff. 
I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. The Aztecs, many of them, Montezuma II himself, the man in charge of the Aztecs. And let me clarify, Montezuma is God-King style. Remember, we always talk about how monarchs have different levels of power. Montezuma, people aren't allowed to look at him. His own nobles have to really stare at the ground in his presence. It's that kind of thing. And he's having creepy dreams Scary dreams to the Aztecs send some envoys to the Spanish. The Spanish start shooting off cannons and things in front of the envoys to scare them to death. They go back. Cortez eventually finds himself in Tenochtitlan. Montezuma did not want him there, was scared to death of him coming there. Cortez gets there, and the Spanish move right in and start making themselves at home there. Aztecs are half playing nice, but it's tense. The Spanish are half playing nice, but it's tense. Then Cortez gets word that that governor who didn't give him permission is sending an expedition to go stop him, to arrest him and bring him back. Cortez is not one to just go, oh, well, I surrender. Cortez marches down, fights the Spanish who were sent to him, but recruits most of them to his side. The dude must have just had charisma dripping out of his pores. Marches back to Tenochtitlan and finds out in his absence the city's in full-blown revolt. The Spanish had had killed a bunch of Aztecs who they said were about to rebel against them. The Spanish fight their way out of the city. And then the Aztecs got the smallpox smallpox treatment. You see that Spanish force that came to arrest Cortez. They had an extra passenger on board. They didn't realize one of the, by the name of smallpox, smallpox, Got into Cortez's men. Cortez's man gets into Tenochtitlan, and they estimate three million Aztecs die. Wipe out their society. Three million, Chris. And there are some tremendous battles that happen. Battles on the lake between Spanish boats and Aztec canoes. I mean, straight out of the Indiana Jones type stuff. It's awesome. Cortez almost gets captured. There's a scene where the Aztecs have captured some Spanish who didn't make it out of the city. And they have to watch from afar as their guys are hauled up to the top of an Aztec pyramid, stripped naked, forced to dance to drums beating around and then laid out and have their hearts cut out. And then the Aztecs are chucking their heads into the Spanish camps. It's wild stuff, wild stuff. But eventually 
the Spanish not only defeat the Aztecs, in so doing, they tear the entire city to the ground. Civilization gone. The story itself is incredible. I could do 10 shows on it. It wouldn't be enough time. But the 30,000-foot view of the story is much more incredible than the story itself. We think, we think that things last forever. And we do this, and I, I, look, I'm guilty of this myself. When we look around at, at the United States of America, and we see the problems we have right now. We see this leftward lurch right now, and how how much so much how much people are losing their minds. We see all this, and we convince ourselves because it's it's the easiest way to think. We convince ourselves that's going to take a while, though, right? It's going to lots. It's going to take. Another 50 years, 100 years. I will pay some higher taxes. And it might. But one thing I've learned about so many of these empires, some of them, some of them do fall slowly. Some of them, though, they're there and then they're gone. And when you're rotting from the inside, that's the worst thing in the world. You see, if you're one unified nation, it at least gives you a shot. But when you're somebody like the Aztecs and you have all these people within your own borders who want you dead, you are in very, very, very serious trouble. Very serious trouble. I have asked 8 million guests about this. I've done endless reading about this myself, but there's something about us that I can't wrap my mind around. Hang on. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
Wrap your mind around this. We've talked about this before, but I want you to wrap your mind around this. Half the country, one of the two political parties, the major ones, I realize we have other smaller ones. One of the two political parties had to be shamed into flying an American flag at their convention. The party is running to represent, to lead, to legislate for that nation. Setting aside how much you and I love America, setting that aside, the party's running to represent it isn't comfortable flying the flag. I think about this. I think about this a lot. There are these moments in your life where you're, you have this revelation, and that was one for me. And you know what? Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good-looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I Usually my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.